Hello, friends. Welcome to Originality Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Dalton. Joining me today is our show's awesome producer, Amanda Foster. Today, we will be talking about Enneagram Type 2. It is part two of our Enneagram Type 2 series. Um, We are making these type episodes as concise and to the point as possible so that way you can figure out your type and uh, how you can grow without having to read a whole book first. So let's get started. So now we're going to talk about five ways that type twos can grow. First, don't minimize your feelings. Pay attention to them. They are telling you something important. Feelings of resentment or irritability or exhaustion are a sign that you are spread too thin and you're not getting your needs met. Instead of pushing those feelings down or ignoring them or saying that they don't matter, embrace those feelings and ask yourself what truly needs the most attention in your life right now. Hmm. Why do you think it's so hard for a two to engage with their feelings? Yeah, you know, in a lot of ways, I think every type struggles to embrace their feelings. I think some of it's just culturally we're taught to just, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, keep going. But I think especially for twos, you know, the theory is that when they were children and they asked for their emotional needs to be met, that that they felt rejected. And so for a two to really take time for themselves or ask for um, their needs to be met or to pay attention to their own feelings, um, they're facing a really deep-seated fear of rejection or belief that they don't matter. Something that really a lie that needs to be rejected, a moment with the Holy Spirit of of just really receiving God's how God sees them, God's identity for them. Yeah, that's interesting. So would you say that they're they're afraid of putting themselves out there? Like putting themselves out there to receive love. So instead they just try to help people to kind of mm-hmm. buy that love. Yeah. So they just ignore themselves in order to, yeah, to try and earn love by helping everyone else. Mm. Yeah. So the idea of a two not minimizing their feelings, it's so counterintuitive for them. It's so hard um, it, to really just take time to pay attention to themselves Mm-hmm. When nobody else has ever paid attention to them, they don't they don't know any better, right? And what do you think the result is when they do finally engage with those feelings and listen to their what they need? Well, I think it can be a little rocky at first because if everyone in your life is used to you caring for them without asking for your needs to be met, it can be a little frustrating like it can rock the boat a little bit setting boundaries is never easy at first but for there to be true health and healthy love and communication true humility I mean it's extremely humbling for a type two to pay attention to I feel resentment or irritability or angry like I have I feel anger right now and really look inward and ask the Holy Spirit, why am I feeling these feelings? And and what are they trying to tell me? Like that takes such great humility and, and self-love. And that's, I mean, that's what we're working towards. I mean, that's what a type two is working towards. They're working towards humility. And if they've never done it before, that can be really challenging. 
Yeah, that's a big journey to start on. So I would mm -hmm. say, you know, be kind to yourself and gracious to yourself when you are starting off and it might be really uncomfortable. Just take some deep breaths and take it one step at a time. Yeah, I think you make an excellent point that the Enneagram, it, it is highlighting some of, you know, or or the worst things about us, whether we're aware of it or not. And it's so important that we have grace for ourselves to be in process, to be human. And I think that's part of some of the points that are being made and how um, twos can grow is, is having enough space for themselves to be human and have needs. And there's just huge amounts of humility in that. Mm -hmm. Because when you're acknowledging um, your humanity, you know, you're essentially kind of acknowledging that you are not perfect and that's important to come to grips with and mm -hmm. then invite the Lord into that imperfection and let him be the thing that completes you instead of um, your own, you know, work. Yeah, exactly. That's good. What's the second point? All right. So our <laughs> second point is for twos to be able to receive God's love for them just as they are without any of their acts of service considered, just who they are from a place of identity as a child of God, that letting the Holy Spirit lead them to what their needs and wants are, that they can ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are my wants and needs? God, like, how do you see me? What is my identity in you? And just letting the Lord speak love and truth over them. And then, you know, being able to identify those wants and needs from a place of being loved by God, from a place of wholeness, being able to identify it, allow the Holy Spirit to speak like, oh, like you need this. You need to ask your spouse to have a dedicated time to just sit and talk for a little while. You need, you know, quality time to go on walks together or from your sister that you need them to check on you every once in a while to make sure that when you're sick that you have chicken noodle soup like <laughs> you know like that that you need other people to care for you the way that, that you care for them that you're not the only person initiating every time people get together if you are and that causes resentment for you that you're always the person that's having to text to be like hey let's meet for coffee then identifying oh that's causing I'm getting irritated about that there's a reason for that and from a place of knowing that I'm loved by God, I can now ask the person that I'm irritated with, hey, can you every once in a while just text me first and let's get it on the schedule. And that would make me feel so prioritized and loved and cared for, you know, those kind of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then sometimes you ask that person that and they're like, no, I just didn't want to be your friend. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's true. And that's the thing is twos are so afraid then? of rejection. But you know what? If that friend responds that way, then obviously they weren't your, worth your time anyway. Right. So that's a hard lesson to learn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that came to mind, but I was just like, this could go really wrong. Well, it's too. probably what every two is thinking right now. So I feel like you're you're the voice of the twos in this moment. Yeah. <laughs> like what happens? Well, uh, 
Yeah, but that's good because you shouldn't be holding in any of those questions anyways. Like either, um, you know, confront it, say this is, you don't have to tell the person you're irritating me, but like just mm-hmm. bring it up and see what happens. And then from there you can say, okay, this is something worth pursuing or maybe I need to pursue some other people who know how to have intentional relationships and they that person can just be you know a far away friend or whatever exactly like that's just real talk because because mm-hmm. that happens it happens that's so real i feel strongly that relationships and friendships needs to be a subject that is taught all the way through school because we're really bad at that and it makes a big difference in quality of life and and I mean, how well we do in business or in, I mean, just our nation's health and economy. I mean, every aspect of our lives is affected by our relationships. Why aren't we taught how to do that well? Because no one knew how to do it in the first place. That's so true, though. <laughs> like, I don't know if we need to rely on our education system to do this that is, part. This is true. That That's what we're here for. Thank you for turning into Originality Podcast, where we are educating you <laughs> on how to be a healthy person. Anyway. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so moving on to point three. <laughs> point three. Learn to differentiate who you are outside of your loved ones. Do this by asking yourself, who am I when no one needs me? So often type twos, they they find their value and identity only in their ability to help others. And learning, no, there's so much more to you than that, that the Lord sees so much more in you than that. Um... And, and learning, I mean, that helps you be able to value who you are outside of those relationships and even develop a stronger sense of self. And when you have a stronger sense of self, then you bring that into those relationships and you're able to help people that much better because you've taken time for yourself. You've developed a creative hobby or a passion outside of helping others and that that enriches your life and you feel rested and cared for and then you're able to bring that into your relationships with others so that way when you help people you don't need them to fill a void in you of appreciation or validation you're able to help them um, regardless of if they ever help you or if they ever appreciate you or if they ever validate you because you know who you are in the lord I'm just soaking all of that in. That's so good. The idea of not having to show up for anyone but myself, which doesn't say that doesn't mean that it's not okay to help people. It just means that's not where your identity is. Because Um, if you help people from a place of wholeness, then they aren't going to feel like, you know, there's some cause or like you're trying to manipulate them or get something from them in helping them. They won't feel like, oh, should I receive help from this person? Because I'm going to feel like I I owe them. I mean, everybody loves the type twos in their life. When you love a type two, you want to see them healthy and whole and loving their life and loving who they are you you want to know that they don't believe that they're unlovable but they've received fully god's love for them and identity as a son and daughter of god yeah that point reminds me a lot of um 
a teaching from one of my favorite pastors, Zach Neese, and he has a book called How to Worship a King. One of the illustrations he uses, which is a very real scenario, is say, you know, you have a bass player who is always playing bass for worship, and suddenly, for some reason, he can't play bass anymore. If his identity is only in what he can bring to the table, then when he doesn't have a platform to play bass, you know, who is he mm-hmm. at that point? If you can't play bass, then your identity of a bass player is gone. And mm. what do you do? Like, is your identity completely gone? You, you're basically, um, you know, chaining yourself to a circumstance that might not always be there. And for a two, you, you're, you're chaining yourself to people, um, hoping that they will always need you when that's really never the case and shouldn't be the case but we should be um not needing each other but helping each other lifting each other up with open open hands instead of clenched fists and it's also it's not very loving you know when you feel like all these people need me i need to keep helping them at the expense of myself that communicates to that person that they're not capable of taking care of themselves on their own that for some reason you are above them that you know better or are stronger or more resilient or more resourceful that they aren't capable of taking care of themselves which is actually enabling them to not be as strong and healthy and resourceful as God has created them to be on their own. Man, there's just layers and layers to that. So many good things in that. Yeah. So moving on to point four, the fourth way that twos can grow is by learning to set boundaries by valuing themselves, by surrendering the need to be needed and accepting that their assistance is not always wanted or needed which is revealing true humility. Believing that your loved ones are the best experts on their own lives and what they they know what their needs are better than you do instead of assuming that you know better and can fix all of their problems for them. Waiting for your family or friends to ask you for your help or advice before inserting it, which we kind of already talked about. But point five, to go ahead and finish this out, is um, learning to prioritize self-care and time with the Lord, making sure that you're resting, that you're taking a Sabbath, that you're having fun, that you take time to be in solitude and to sit still and enjoy being outdoors, just to go on a walk alone for no reason other than to enjoy the beautiful creation that God has placed you in. Find a creative outlet. Twos go to four in health, which four is the arguably the most uh, creative, uh, reflective personality type. So um, picking up a some, some sort of creative outlet and just really taking time to observe the beauty in the world around you. So now we're going to have a time of prayer for our type twos. But the beautiful thing about the Enneagram is we all can learn from all of the types. So I just invite you, no matter where you are, except maybe if you're driving, maybe not close your eyes then, but no matter what your personality type is, to take a moment 
and just listen to the Lord. Listen to what He has for you. Maybe there's something that the Lord wants to heal in you. Maybe there's something about the type 2 that struck a chord with you that brought some self-awareness to your life. Invite the Holy Spirit into it. God, we invite your presence into this moment, into this space. Holy Spirit, have your way. I ask that you would speak to the hearts of everyone listening. Lord God, I pray for every type two that you would heal, you would heal the the wound that caused the lie that they are unlovable, that they would reject that lie and ask you, Lord, what, what the truth is. So maybe take a moment and just ask the Lord, God, how do you see me? What is the truth? If I'm not unlovable, what is lovable about me? What did you create in me that is lovable? What aspect of your love, light, and glory do I uniquely reveal to the world? Maybe as a two, you felt a sense of conviction, feeling like you know better, that your loved ones aren't the best expert on their own lives. Maybe just take a moment to repent, to say, Lord God, I'm so sorry that I have been so prideful to think that I can do better than you you can in caring for and healing and taking care of my loved ones. In this moment, I surrender them to you and I ask that you would have your way in their lives and I trust you with them and I, I give them into your hands. Have your way. Lord, teach me how to ask for help, how to be aware of my needs. God, in this moment, I ask that you would speak to the type two, that you would reveal to them if if they're struggling with feelings of resentment or anger, that you would show them how to make space for those feelings and that you would show them what, what those feelings are trying to communicate to them. God, I just ask that you would continue to speak identity over the type two of who they are as a son or daughter of yours, God, revealing your kingdom on earth, revealing an aspect of your love, light, and glory that nobody else does. God, I ask that you would help them to make time and space in their life for a creative outlet, for taking care of themselves, for learning to love um, who you've created them to be, that you would give them strength and wisdom by the power of your spirit to learn how to set boundaries and, and to take time to learn how to ask for their needs and wants to be met. Lord, we bless everyone who has taken the time to listen to this episode. We ask that you would continue to speak identity over them, the truth of how you see them and how you love them, and that you would continue to heal their hearts as they grow in compassion for themselves and the people around them by learning about the Enneagram. We ask these things in Jesus' name. 
Okay, friends, that's it for today. That is our type two, part two episode. Tune in next week for our type three, part one episode. Amanda's all kinds of excited. It's her type. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! That that one's, I don't even know what I'm going to (laughs) do. It's going to be so much fun. I am so grateful for those of you who have taken the time to listen today and to share the podcast. Your support has meant so much. If you happen to love this episode, if it ministered to you, or if you learned something new today, please leave a review on iTunes. Follow us on Instagram at Originality Podcast or at my personal social media at Just Loves Personality, where we're going to be sharing all kinds of fun Enneagram content to come. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. To close out our episode today, I would like to share a quote from C.S. Lewis. No man who bothers about originality will ever be original. Whereas if you simply try to tell the truth, you will become original without ever having noticed it. Until next time.